Welcome to Free Fall RC Podcast. And I, I know that uh, when he was silent, it was just getting louder and louder. I was searching. Yeah. All right. You could tell. It was a man. All right. Let's do this. All right. Welcome to another episode of Free Fall RC Podcast. I'm Steve, and here with me is Kevin. Hey, guys. Andy. Hey, now. <laughs> and George. Hello. All right. Howdy. Howdy. <laughs> this is episode 233. I, I, I was wanting George to do the, uh, what's her name from, uh, go, howdy. You remember that? <laughs> oh, um, from Mel's Diner. Was that Mini Pearl that did that? Mini, Mini Pearl. Yeah, 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 that's yeah. right. Mini Pearl. Yeah. <laughs> Yeehaw. <laughs> <laughs> all right this is episode 233 independence nice okay so yeah let's talk about that let's catch up with everyone's week who wants to go first who indeed i can go first because i didn't really do a whole lot damn it andy yeah, yeah me yeah. either damn it that was my line <laughs> i actually worked on saturday which was independence day uh-huh and I worked on Sunday, part of the day. Uh, I pulled out what little bit of hair I have left because I was so friggin' aggravated. Ah, oh, boy. Yeah, I spent seven hours working on a, a Kenworth semi-truck, tracing down an electrical issue. And I finally just gave up after five hours, and it took me two more hours to put all the shit back together. I had oh. the entire dash took apart. Most of the front took apart, like on the firewall, the fuse box and everything. Wow. And I still didn't accomplish the, I didn't find the problem. Oh, damn. Damn. It's just so aggravating when you work and work and work and you can't solve the problem. Mm -hmm. Can't even figure out the problem, let alone solve it. So anyway, I was mad. I definitely needed that Snickers, Kevin. (laughs) (laughs) She's downright angry. Yeah. So, but, um, I did order some stuff. Mm. I ordered a plastic squirting machine. What? So I could be like the cool kids. Wait, wait, say that again. A plastic squirting machine, you know? You don't All have right, one you of You got those? that, Mike D? Yeah, I was just going to say. <laughs> <laughs> no, I ordered a 3D printer. I just, yeah, oh, I just apply- I get it now. Right there, oh, I see. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. my mind went totally the other way. Oh, God, get your mind out of the gutter, Steve. <laughs> a machine that squirts plastic out makes yeah. things. Hot plastic. Yeah. Oh, I was thinking like Hot water pistol plastic. type thing. Plastic squirting yeah. machine. Or maybe uh, an animatronic doll or something. That's what Steve was thinking, I think. <laughs> <laughs> hey, maybe I'll build one of those. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, oh. All right. What are we talking about again? TMI, dude. Yeah. <laughs> nah, so I think we might talk about that more later. But, um, yeah, spend a couple days looking and researching. Nice. And so put the order in for that. Should be here tomorrow, I think, on Thursday or yesterday as you listen to this. And we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Cool. Nice. Got lots to learn. Yeah. Yeah, man. 
If you have any questions on that, dude, ask Steve because I'm not helping you. Okay. Yeah, I get it. I, I'm going to refer you to Mike Sobe. <laughs> yeah, gonna I was going to say, I, Mike I think Sobe. we should, yeah, maybe we should talk about it the entire show just for Mike. Okay. Yes. Yeah, that sounds good. Okay. Good. To tribute. The Mike <laughs> Sobe tribute show. <laughs> Happy 431. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Oh, uh, yeah. But other than that, didn't really get much done in the hobby. I was going to go flying on Saturday evening when I got done working. But to be honest, it was so friggin' hot here. I was just like, screw this. I'm not standing out in the sun after I've been out in it most of the day anyway. So I didn't fly. Got to take a no-fly card. No-fly? Yeah. yeah. I don't do well in the hot weather. Yeah, dude, it was freaking pretty hot here too, man. It was yeah. 94 degrees, Oof. and the heat index was like 98, 99. The humidity yeah, was insane. Yeah, so I was just like, screw flying. I'm going to sit in the air condition <laughs> <Nice. laughs> and read about printers. Nice. Yeah. What about you guys? Who's next? You want to go next, Steve, or you want me to go? Want me to liven yeah, it up I guess first? I c- <laughs> yeah, I guess I could go. <laughs> I don't right. really do too much either. Um, we simmed on Friday. That was fun. Yeah. Um, it's great to sim on Fridays, and I feel like we, we just get the – Get the same people and just kind of like hang out again. It's, it's fun. I don't know. Um, besides that, I didn't fly myself. I, so I have to take a no fly. Um, spent a lot of time with the family, did the fourth at home, just relaxed. Got a little kitty pool for my, for my kids and they kind of played in that. Oh, nice. Um, I did get a plasma cutter. I a saw that. Amazon one. Yeah, What's man. That? Cool. Yeah. That thing is freaking amazing. Um, I, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know shit about plasma cutters. I don't know shit about any of this stuff. I basically went on Amazon's like, I saw some YouTube videos like, ah, this guy tried it. said it was all right. Let's just see what we can find. I paid $162 for that plasma cutter. Really? Wow. And it cuts your metal like butter. <laughs> like, How crazy. thick of stuff will it cut? I don't know. I cut three eighths like pretty quick you know like you have to sit there for like the longer ones you know? i was just wondering if it had a rating or something yeah i don't That's know it's like a cheap. 35 it's a 35 in a name it's 220 volts so i did get 220 at least or 240 whatever you call it okay um cool and yeah like it was cheap and it it works i even thought like my air compressor would suffer because i only have a four and a half gallon and like you need a good amount of capacity to keep blowing that plasma in the air but I don't know. For the stuff that I need to do with it, it cuts through the car like butter. It's just so easy. It made it so much less sparks and just shit flying everywhere. It's totally worth the 160 bucks I spent for it. That is freaking yeah. awesome for 160 bucks, man. Yeah, yeah, it's cheap. You gotta check yeah, it out. It's I, fun. I bought one a few years ago, and I think it was like three grand. Yeah, so, like I mean, you can get like man. a, you know, you can get like a real nice one. You know, <laughs> they make crazy yeah. nice ones. But yeah, for this little cheap That's thing, cool. it, works. it works though. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, I cut all the things I need to cut in the car, and I'm done with like cutting, except for the roll cage, which I have to obviously cut. But this is like at least the unibody part is all done, you know. Cool. Good wow, thing yeah. about them is you can cut aluminum and stainless as well. Mm-hmm. Yep. Can't yeah. do that with oxyacetylene. And stainless is a bitch. Yeah. Oh, yeah. perfect. Not not with a plasma cutter. I mean, just with like, yeah. any kind of saw. Or well, that's like what I'm that. saying, right? Yeah. It's right. perfect that it, it does cut through everything else too. So yeah. I love it. 
Yeah, so I'm going to have fun with it. Uh, let's see. Beyond that, yeah, so I did get some work done on Miata. Um, the transmission tunnel is all widened. I had to widen it by four inches. <laughs> Two inches on each side. I had to bash the metal in and, and then weld it up. But it's all welded and done. Um, I'm going to start painting and well, painting the engine compartment and doing the roll cage, like, mock-up, I guess, to see and tack weld that in and see how that's going to fit with the seat and everything. So I do have to put, like, the steering wheel and the brake pedals back in so I could figure out the seating position. Um, but, yeah, that's kind of the next thing to do on that. Beyond that, um, I'm sure you guys seen on Facebook that the uh, the Kraken 580 has a a bad batch of, what is that, the intermediate shaft went out with yes. the first batch of kits. So um, I did register my Kraken 580. Oh, nice. So that was fun. <laughs> I'm like, what is my accounted for? I had no idea. I had to reset everything. It's like... <laughs> I never log into the actual SAB website, you know, for yeah. registering. So it's been such a while. So I was like, all right, let's get this done. But yeah, so that's done. And uh, yeah, I'll put that email in or whatever to get that replacement. Who wants to go next? I can go next. Cool. Yeah, man. This was a nice three-day week, three weekend for me, man. Uh, Friday night, we simmed, like you said. I had a good time on the sim again. And we had a couple of uh-huh. you know new guys show up. Yeah, but it was uh, you know, I I think Andy took uh, a list because I yes. yes I did I was a few drinks in you know, having I fun. Forgot it. I gotta grab it. But uh, man, I tell you, I'm just and and I really didn't have an overwhelmingly good sim session as uh-huh. far as my flying was going because uh, I'm kind of hosting it on Twitch as well, and I think I'm the only one checking it out right now. But that's fine. Uh, but I was trying to cycle through you know the other guys who were flying. And get some spectating time on them. Right. I got a list. Oh, okay. Ready? Yeah, sure. These are the people I saw on the Discord. We had Chuck Bowl. I never did hear him say anything, so I don't know, but he was definitely logged in. Ian Joel joined uh-huh. us, which was cool. Yeah, that was cool. with him for a while. Yep. Joy, Steve yeah. Shaw, of course, Steve from Florida. Uh-huh. Uh, the Planker showed up again, which was neat. Jamie Burkholder again. We had Darren Wines from yeah. Canada. Yep. Uh, myself, Steve, Kevin, uh, John Partridge was on there too. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, I'm probably going to butcher your name, but this dude, uh, uh, Satender. Satender? Satender. 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 Yeah. I think yep. he's a guy from the West Coast. Yeah. So that was really cool talking with him. Yeah. And I think Shay was on there, but I think you guys must have run him off before I got on. So I don't know what you did. No, I, don't I think, plead a fifth. Did we run him off? I don't remember. <laughs> I think he went to an actual flying field. He was flying, yeah. So there was like background noise of that. So he showed up to Sim Night. With an actual helicopter? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what's he got, going he, on. He over. got his, you know, the wires mixed up. He thought it was a yeah. fun fly, but no, it was a sim fun fly. Yeah. And he didn't get that part of the memo, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what happened to Gray Eagle Jr. I think, I don't know if he got recalled back to his home planet or he was having nest issues or what, well, but he, he wasn't there. Dude, it was Independence Day and he must have seen that movie and being an alien probably got freaked out. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, no. He probably had, uh, like, appearances and stuff. Yeah, responsibilities. 
Yeah, he uh, probably true. had to go do shows. Yeah. America. I'm just guessing. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it was good to I mean, talk to everybody, man. It really was. Uh, yeah. It's it's a cool, like, hang on. Dude, we went for two and a half hours. Like, yeah. that was crazy, man. Yeah. You always say for an hour. I don't know why. Right. <laughs> Usually say eight to nine and... Yeah. And we were off at like 10, 30, 11. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mike D was really enjoying it. He was telling me that on uh, on Sunday. I really enjoying the sim. Nice. So, so nice. getting back to my weekend, man. Uh, yeah. Went to uh, see my nephew race uh, Saturday yeah, night. Yeah, I saw the pictures. It's so cool. New Egypt. Yeah, he he's races the sportsman class or the. I've, I've, he's he's running alcohol engines. They're three fifty alcohol. They run on and uh, it's dirt track and. It was uh it was a lot of fun. He's he's really good. He's he won his heat and then started I think second. They drew one out of twelve for the starting position and I think he finished fourth. He okay. got he got a little banged up at one point. Uh but uh, he's a he won he won one year, but that was in a lower class. That wasn't the alcohol. My brother in law actually owns that car and sponsors another one. Um Damn. yeah. And, uh, nice. it's got a nice hauler and the big long trailer. But, you know, some yep. of these guys, dude, you look at some of the money these guys lay out for their, that's their hobby, uh, right. or their sport or whatever. I don't even know at that point. I guess mm-hmm. it's almost a sport, you know, cause you could step into whatever the next level is and pop, or, yeah. possibly go up to, you know, the ARCA or, or whatever the minor leagues of NASCAR is. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't even know what they call it anymore. But, uh, yeah, you see some of the money they, <laughs> these guys spend. And then there's my brother-in-law's trailer and he purposely just doesn't want to, you know, he, he's not going to spend all on the bling, you know? Um, and mm-hmm. he, he does really well just with, with regular car, man. And, you know, just good tuning and a good driver. And right. so it was a lot of fun. I, I've been there before and it was, it was weird though. On the way home, I said to my wife, I was like, this is the most people I've been around in six months. Mm, and she was like, right. that's right. Cause we were sitting in the stands. We were maintaining, yeah. you know, six foot. Was there a lot of people there? There was because it was the first night back to racing uh, for the uh, track. So they had every class. Opening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was a good time. It was fun. I mean, we had masks on when you went into the one area where there was a lot of people, but sure. everything was outside and, uh, you know, sitting in the stands, it was, was no big deal. But it's just a late night, you know. Uh, we don't get we don't get home until like one o'clock in the morning, which is late for us because we're old. Um, <laughs> but uh, then I got up uh, Sunday. I had a couple drinks, of course, Saturday night, and got up Sunday morning a little slow and uh, threw some helicopters and I think I threw a plane and I threw the Shrike in the in the Jeep, went down okay. to the field. Yeah. And there wasn't and it was a it wasn't as hot as last weekend. It was hot. It was in almost a hundred. It was peaking like ninety in the upper nineties. Uh, but it, it wasn't as hot. There was a little breeze and it definitely wasn't as humid as last weekend, which was pretty bad. But, uh, I flew my Shrike around, had a good time with that. I flew my 690 and my Oxy 5 and I took out my 450 uh scale helicopter and made one turn and the tail just blew off like a hollywood movie dude it was <laughs> oh, like no, it was no like way. somebody put dynamite in it because it was just because it's got that balsa t on it you know in the back yeah and part of that the the upright one the vertical one like bolts into the tail case uh-huh 
So <laughs> it just like the top part came flying off. As soon as I made a turn and was nose in, top came okay. flying off. Then the tail case ripped around. And I, I, as soon as I saw that, I tried to get it low and hit throttle hold, but it kind of like had pitched around at that point. Like the tail was just going around because the uh-huh. belt loosened up because half of the tail case was gone. And I was like, oh crap. <laughs> Here we go. And it just, yeah, it just kind of plowed in the front. And, uh, it's, it didn't really do a lot of damage to the internal workings, but the, the nose piece is just done. So I might get one of those 3D printed, you know, uh, chassis or whatever, uh, bodies for it. Oh yeah. We'll you see. Do that. I mean, the I've whole, seen some over at Georgia's. They look yeah. awesome, dude. The whole, uh, the whole thing is hobby thing, you know. Oh, okay. No, so no. Parts, right? Yeah. And I mean, I have two other flyboard helis. If, if I had, you know, an, an old gyro and wanted to torture myself, I could actually do just, that. Just, but, what are you flying with it now? Uh, what do you mean? It's, it's on an icon? Icon, yeah, yeah. Just turn the head gains off and run the flyboard. Yeah. Yeah. Could do that. I think I'm going to try this, uh, 3D printed yeah. thing down But I would try it with the flyboard. Shoot, why not? <laughs> if you got the parts for it, you know? Yeah, why not? Yeah, we'll see. Do it. But that was kind of, you know what, I was like, and I said to Mike even, I was like, you know, I'm moving this thing around in the shed so much, I'm like, I really wasn't yeah. too pissed off that it went in. I was just like, oh, well. It's like, <laughs> it now fits in a box easier. <laughs> I was going to say, that takes up less room. <laughs> it takes up less room. and <laughs> Yeah. But uh, uh, I had some really good flights, though, man. I had, I had, um, I think the Simmons is, is paying off a little bit. I mean, I'm starting to do other things, and I'm starting to link things together and just having some fun and good flights and the auto rotation practice i was doing in the sim kind of paid off a little too because uh i i'm really getting the on the on the 690 man just really floating the autos like getting to a point where and i even tried what you said andy about giving a little positive when you flare it maybe we'll have to do it oh staying in the negative or staying in the negative yeah maybe we'll have to do that when, when we're together uh, to show me what you mean because I, I, I'm not really following it. Maybe I'm doing it and I don't even realize I'm doing it. Uh, well, but I think what it is is so you, you put a little bit of negative in as you're coming down, right, on your approach? Yes, yeah. And when you flare, you got to keep in that negative when you first start the flare. And then when you kind of level out, that's when you start putting your positive in. But it goes against... Like your natural inclination is when you flare to do positive to stop it to stop the heli from moving forward and and dropping so fast, right? Yeah. But if you don't, if you start putting positive too early, then you can't. You don't actually build up the head speed in the flare like you can if you keep in that negative. Yeah. Because the flare's pushing the. You're doing the flare to push even more air through the rotor from the bottom side. Yeah. So if you don't have negative in it then you don't gain the head speed. I'm more or yep. less concentrating on my speed and the descent rate and just making sure that's constant. That's where right. I'm not stalling the blades or anything like that. Right. I, I, I'm almost coming around now, getting a little bit of forward momentum and keeping the blades level and just mm-hmm. negative coming down and, and listening sure. to that sure. cool sound until it gets to the bottom and then, uh, that's what I was doing with the Oxy 5, cause I was, I was autoing that too, and I was like, I know the first time, a couple times I autoed that, I was like, wow, this is like, you know, smaller and gotta get it down quicker, but not really, man. When I started just relaxing a little bit more, I was able to 
basically do the same thing, you know? I think there's, there's less room for error at that size, but I mean, I'm still a newbie when it comes to this. Where you'll see it the most is there's less room after the flare. Like, you gotta land yeah, yeah, so that's pretty slow. much immediately. Yeah. Like, I auto 380s all the time, but you, you, you don't really, you can't flare and then just wait to land. You just gotta flare and land right then. Yeah. You, know, you don't have the float like you do with a 700 where you can count, you know, one, two, three, four, five, six seconds. Yeah. Take your sweet ass time setting it down. The smaller helis, you gotta set them down pretty quick. Nice. Yeah, dude. And, uh, just been, Really got all my nuts and bolts for the R2-D2 project I've been working on and just started bolting that thing together. I asked Andy one day, where, where do you get nuts and bolts from? Because Amazon was like just nickel and diamond me, really. And I was like, there's got to be another place I can get bolts from. And Andy was like, hey, try to bolt depot. Mm-hmm. And, uh, dude, they're working out great. Very quick shipping. Nice. And uh, they don't have everything, but they have enough, you know, of the oddball stuff they can get. Because a lot of the stuff 3D printed is metric, you know, they're metric related, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is cool. And I wanted to mention that um, Mike D was at the field on Sunday, and and uh, Peter showed up, and there was a couple other guys. Really unbelievable that it was only three of us there for a good part of the day. But yeah. freaking Ricky Cricky showed up with his Oxy-5 stretched. He's running 630 blades, 7S, and, dude, he was cranking that thing around blade farting so loud it was nice. echoing off the mountain. <laughs> nice. it was insane like and cricky i don't know cricky's a good pilot um it's been out of it for a little while but he mm-hmm. does those really super hard collective stops and those really super hard like end of loops those almost figure nines or whatever you want to call them you know they're just yeah he comes very close to he drives everything and he's running jetty oh. and um Seven S, and he lets go of the sticks. He lets go of the sticks. He's like, but he comes down, and I go, so so he's seven S. It's a five hundred size. He comes down, and I go, what what was your like peak amperage draw? And he's like one sixty. I'm like, oh shit. Like what size? You know, uh, what do you got in there? He goes, oh, it's a it's a jet. I think it's a jetty. He said they make ESCs. Yeah, Mesonon or whatever Meson. Okay, yeah, I think he said it was a Jetty 120, and he's like, and it was the third time I watched him because he started at like 140 something. I was watching his his radio, and then he every time he did one of those super hard collective stops, and then he was like 153, and he's like, oh, I can beat that. <laughs> he is a freaking riot, man. Nice. But he has that 14s Diablo, I think, right, uh, or Triablo, one of his. Uh, I remember. I remember because Paul was talking about how he had never flown a 14s, mm-hmm. and uh, I said to Ricky, I was like, "Your buddies with Paul." I was like, "You should let him fly that 14s." He said he never flown one. He's like, "Yeah, I got to do that next time we we get together." So make that happen. Yes, that would be cool. Uh, so that's dude. That's all I've been up to, uh, in a nutshell. What have you been up to, George? Well, George, I think you're going to be the main topic, aren't you? No. No. Hopefully not. Yeah, part yeah. of it. <laughs> a good part of it. Part of what you've been Talk doing. About, yeah. Yeah, this weekend we had our 4th of July fly-in. That's usually our biggest event of the year. And uh, we had a pretty good turnout. We had a uh, few that you know. John Coyle was here the whole weekend. And um, and then uh, Ray Bacon was here. 
I mean, they they burned through some packs. I'm telling you, they mm-hmm. they stayed at it the whole day Saturday, nonstop. And um, then a couple more people, I think, from Knoxville came. And then, you know, of course, Steve Hodges came, brought uh, three of his kids. We had some other locals come and, and fly. David Murray was here. But uh, it was a good turnout. I mean, uh, I was surprised with, you know, all the, you know, all the um, lockdowns in some of the other states and stuff. We did have one guy that was coming from Texas and he decided not to come. Uh, because they just really started locking them down some more, giving them some more travel advisories and things. Yeah. And it, you know, it might have hurt him um, when he went back to work. That's the only thing that he was really concerned about. You know, some of the employers, yeah. if you travel, say, 100 miles away. Yeah, I can relate to that. But uh, it was great. We had a bunch of kids here. My granddaughter was here with um, one of Steve's daughters is the same age, and then, she had a couple more friends here, so it was it was crazy. Uh, Craig Quillen was here, and he he was one of them out there with Ray and and John. That was just I mean they wearing it out all day, and um, John I mean he that uh, is it an X five, is that right? Yes, Gawi. He wore that thing out. He was beating it so hard out there that uh, the canopy came off. In midair. And I thought that was his X7. Was that? Yeah, that's right. That's right. It was his X7. The big one. Okay. And he went, you know, never missed a beat. Just chomp, chomped it up in a million pieces, and that was it. Jeez. <laughs> but uh, he hit throttle hold and and you know started to get it down, but realized there wasn't anything wrong. Came out of it and came on back around and landed and checked it out. Nice. But, uh, yeah, it was crazy. But there was a lot, lot of flying and um, not any major crashes. Oh, no. Had a, had a um, BEC fail. BEC or the Blue Box, still haven't determined which one, on that new Bronco at OV-10. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was a bad feeling. Just helplessly watched it. And it was so neat. It just started dropping down. And, of course, you know, without power, it just started dropping like a rock. Well, as it built up speed, it starts climbing back up again. And I'm thinking, could this thing possibly land? And if it had been about 10 feet lower, it would have landed perfectly down in the lower field. Uh-huh. And, uh, but it didn't. It bounced on the nose, destroyed the nose, but motion sending me another one. Good customer service. Oh, that's awesome. So you didn't have any control or anything. Oh, no. Failure. You just had to stand to watch it. Yeah. Yeah. Steve was standing there beside it. I mean, it was, I mean, it's amazing that it came down so even. What was weird is, um, that was like about the fourth flight and, uh, batteries were new, uh, new Admiral batteries, uh, new Admiral, uh, 10 channel receiver. But I'm pretty sure it was the, the BEC, the way it, this, one, mm-hmm. this model's done a little bit different. And, uh, the next one coming in, I'll take it out and put a, uh, Put a different BEC in it. Does it have a like a separate BEC or is it in yeah. the ESC? No, it's, ESC? it's separate. Uh, the okay. ESC, you know, instead of doing it like the P thirty eight they did years ago, the first plane I bought from Ocean, matter of fact, I still got. Um, 
you know, they just use the BEC in the ESCs. And a lot of people say, you know, you can't do that. It messes it up. But mine's still flying like that with both of them wired together. And it's never caused an issue. I really wish they'd done the, the Bronco that way. But I'll, I'll straighten it out where uh, it, it won't matter. Yeah. But a really nice looking plane. What kind of BC is it? Is it like a name brand or just some? I don't know. Whatever free wing the is using now. So yeah, yeah, probably be a good idea to change them out if you got one. I don't yeah. know. Like a castle or a hobby wing or something in there, probably yeah, be that, better. I've got a castle. I'm gonna put in it when it comes. Yeah. But um, other than that, had some really good food. Uh, John Coyle, I call him Little John. Because we've got several Johns around here, but um, he um, he fixed he fixes some of the best barbecue, cooks it all night. They brought nice. that, they brought that and uh, some baked uh, mac and cheese was was fantastic. Oh, Craig Cullen brought his famous uh, cheesecakes. Brought mm. uh, I think he brought two of them. We devoured them. <laughs> I nice. saved half of one for myself, and it's already gone. <laughs> <laughs> but uh we had a great time everybody brought their families and and uh we just hung out and tried to stay cooled down you know out on the patio we've got a couple of fans blowing and then in here in the hangar of course it's nice and cool i did throw the breaker a couple of times i was printing oh, yeah. both printers and running both air conditioners wide open mm. and uh had a server running and my mac and the tv and stereo so yeah it's no wonder so i turned off a few things and restarted the printer and it started right back where it left off that's one thing i love about the yeah the, um, creality ones yeah i've also used the um filament to uh, shut off on it mm-hmm. as well me too yeah yeah that's pretty good and then of course uh working on helicopters and airplanes and been flying my uh mamba 60 more i'm telling you the more i fly that thing the more i love it it's just it's just too much fun. I thought the, the Mamba 10 was a lot of fun, but this big one's got the power to really, you can really play with it. You know, you can get yourself in and out of trouble a lot faster. Yeah. The nice more set. you talk about it, the more I want one. I was going to say the same thing, man. <laughs> <laughs> Every week. It's like, I was flying the Mamba 10 or the Mamba 60. I really love that thing. I'm like, damn it, I need one of those. Yeah, and I mean, you know, most... Most of you guys got a ton of six cell batteries laying around, five thousands to yeah, four thousands, yeah. three thousands. I like to run. I like to run a light one on it, and I can still get about five minutes. Um, what are you running? Thirty sevens and thirty seven hundreds and four thousands. Yeah, I run four thousands in my cap, which is basically the basically same power system. Yeah. yeah, cool. But uh, loving that thing, and. Um, I know uh, some people hate to hear about the 3D printers, but I've been printing out really? a no, one really Yeah, I don't know who it is, but, I, you know. I yeah, let's I'll, talk I'll, about 3D printers, huh? Yeah. Yeah. So, I've, Ooh, I've okay. you know, been hanging out with the, the Dalton gang down there in uh, Georgia, Daryl Sprayberry and some of them, and really kind of got hooked on these big scale helicopters. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, when I mean big, I mean like minimum of like a 950 size um, to about 11, 1200s. So 
I've always loved the Sea Kings, what they used for uh, Marine One, the, the President's Chopper. And uh, mm-hmm. I've always wanted to build one of those. Well, I found the files on CG Trader, and I've been using Mesh Mixer and other Fusion 360 and a bunch of stuff to try to clean it up to where I can 3D print it. And I've got about half the fuselage printed now. I've got um, about 800 millimeters of it glued together. And then I've got probably 300 on the printer right now with about another 125 to go. So as it gets back towards the tail, it's going a lot faster. Yeah. And it's just cool to print something that big. I mean, the, the front end, I can put it down over my head all the way to my shoulders. It's mm-hmm. just crazy. I can't wait to see this thing when you're done. Now, are you printing it with any infill or, or yeah, no? Yeah, some pieces of it I'm using infill. The nose had so much detail, I, I used infill in it. Yeah. And, of course, you know, you want some infill in there. And I'm also putting um, just like partitions in it so that it'll have some stability on the sides when the when the mold's set up on it. Right. So about every, at least every probably 300 millimeters, there's a bulkhead in it. And I've, I've cut it out where it's only like, say, an inch and a half around the edges and open in the middle. That way I can get all the way through it if I need to. Nice. But, um, yeah, it's just crazy printing pieces that big when you have to change a roll of filament in, in the middle of a print. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, now how are you doing that are you just cutting it and feeding the next piece in yeah Yeah, Yeah, basically when it runs out and stops you you feed it right yeah I just unscrew the uh, filament tube up there at the top and uh, Mm -hmm. cut it off right there run the new in it and then hit resume oh see I don't even stop the print I just uh, I'll cut it yeah if I'm there right but um, yeah yeah, it kicked off 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning yeah that's true yeah, really enjoying that. And, uh, of course, uh, I did get my, uh, I was going to get it out during the, during the fourth, but it had so much going on. My AH6I is what I'm talking about, kind of scattered. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, it's a 700 size with 600 T-Rex in it. And, um, it's got the cascaded tail turned at a 15 degree cant and six bladed head. So I was going to get it out and spin it up and maybe do a hover test while everybody was here, but I thought, yeah, no, I, I, if yeah. it flies me in pieces, I'd just seem like kill somebody. Well, so, you don't need all the eyes and the extra pressure for your right. first hover. You better yeah, off true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I, um, so I got it out, uh, yesterday and today and, um, it did really good. I was surprised that, uh, nice. I was wondering if maybe that candid 15 degree down, down candid tail, um, would really mess with the, with the icon, but it didn't seem to. Nah, just on a hover, it probably wouldn't even know. Yeah. I just thought maybe it might give some downward thrust or something when you're, uh, turning the nose to the right or something. You know, I, I don't know. I mean, it, it probably does, but I don't. Not enough to worry about. But anyway, I was pickled at it. didn't shake everything off of it. You know, uh, I'm bad about just going ahead and building them and going out there and trying them out instead of, you know, putting a set of skids on it and trying the mechanics out. Yeah. I mean, if you check all your pieces and parts out, putting it together, make sure they're all good, should be okay. 
Oh, I've been wearing that little Jeep out I got, too. The, the oh, yeah. Rock Hobby Jeep. Yeah, how was that? That thing is so tough, and I've got it now looking like a real Jeep. We've, where we've been doing this excavating behind us, it's just a bunch of uh, slate. So it's got a real sheer drop off one side where we're still, where we're still filling in. And, uh, a couple of Steve's boys had cars and we had them out there behind the shop playing on that slate bank. And I rolled that thing, I bet you 20 times. I broke, uh, <laughs> I broke one of the hood latches off of it, broke the windshield frame, wow. but just C8 it all back together. And, uh, it's doing great. Nice. Nice. I guess that's it for me. I mean, that was enough, you know. <laughs> had, a, had a great weekend. The the um, the weather was just fantastic, other than being, you know, like Andy said, 94, 95 degrees. And, uh, but we had plenty of shade. Everybody brought their canopies and stuff, and it was great. That's all, I promise. That's awesome, <laughs> dude. Ah, it sounds like a great time. Yeah, awesome. yeah. I hate I missed the cheesecake and the baked mac and cheese. That's two of my mm. favorite things. Yeah, they were good. Baked mac <laughs> and cheese. Oy. Mm-hmm. I can hear myself getting fatter. <laughs> <laughs> was I, the, I was the last one, wasn't I? Yeah. 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 Um, so, yeah, we spoke a little bit about your 4th of July fly-in. Do we want to talk about some 3D printing some more? Sure. I feel like we should. Absolutely. I don't think we've talked about it enough on the show. Yeah. I almost want to call it the Mike Sobe section, but I don't know. Let's we could. Yeah, we 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 gotta we gotta think of a good name, you know. Um three D printing with yard sale. I don't know. We'll we'll think of something. Um The Sobe section. The Sobe section? Yeah. The Sobe Chronicles. I don't know. Um <laughs> <laughs> So Andy Don't be Sobe. Yes. <laughs> I don't even know. I can't rebuttal that. <laughs> but Andy, you got a 3D printer, right? Or at least you ordered one, right? I ordered it. Yes. Yeah. So I want to oh, let's. I want to dig into that. You know, right, for for all our listeners that love 3D Cause, printing, talk. Because I've got um, questions for you guys. Okay. And uh, I'm sure you got questions for me, which I probably don't have answers. <laughs> but let's well, try. First, I mean, how did you go about researching what you want? Um. I called Kevin. Mm-hmm. I talked to Tom Sheehan. I think that's the only two I actually spoke to directly just because I know both those guys do lots of printing. And a whole lot of YouTube and mm-hmm. Google research. Yeah. Yeah. Kept going back and forth. I kind of wanted a direct uh, extruder so I could print flexible stuff. I've got a Actual several projects around the farm that I, I want to try using some, some flexible filament type things. Mm, okay. Spouts and stuff. I wanted, obviously bigger is better. Or at least that's what they always told me. <laughs> and <laughs> so, you know, I, I was really looking at the, like the Ender 3 and stuff, the Ender 3 Pro. I mean, everyone I've ever spoke to said you just can't beat it for the for the money yeah and my research pretty much validated that that for the money for like 200 bucks i don't know that there's anything that really beats it in that price range right but like i said i was wanting the direct extruder and i was kind of wanting a little bit bigger size so i was looking seriously at the the cr10 
and there's there's a whole bunch of them now. I don't even think they still have the S like you have, Kevin. Right. right. You do too, Steve, right? Don't you have a mm-hmm. CR-10S? Yep, the 10S Pro. They have a, like a V2 and a V3 now. They actually have a V3 with a direct extruder. It uh, looks pretty nice. Um, it's uh, I think it's pre-order right now, so it's a few weeks out, and it's a little more expensive than the one I got. I ended up with the Artillery Sidewinder X1 V4, and I bought it off of Amazon. It wasn't very expensive, so we'll see. It might be a piece of crap. Uh, all the reviews look fairly positive. I mean, there's always a couple guys that say, hey, this thing sucks. Sure. But mm-hmm. most everyone said it's a really good printer. It needs a couple little tweaks and stuff. You know, to to really make it good, the spool holder is not that great, and there's a um, an idler tension arm on the extruder that's prone to breaking and stuff. Uh, all stuff that you can actually 3D print. You know, <laughs> nice. Do it before, and it comes with spares of some stuff. So right, I think it'll be okay. It'll it, it'll at least get me started and be a good experience. If right. Nothing else. Um. Like nice. I said earlier, I kind of actually was just going to spend the money and get a Prusa just to have mm-hmm. a really good experience first thing. But this one's a good bit larger, and the yeah. damn Prusas were like seven weeks out. <sighs> I'm just too impatient for that. Yeah. How long How long is it taking you to decide on getting a 3D printer? Uh, I don't know, forever. <laughs> like a year? A year. <laughs> well, it's taken – no, it's been like this. For a year, I was like, yeah, I were to get a printer. Nah, I don't feel like researching it and learning anything. Nah, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then, like, Friday, well, I spoke about it last week on the show. I was getting pretty serious about looking at them. So, like, Friday, I got really serious and started reading and researching and stuff. And I ordered it on Sunday, I think, Sunday night. Mm-hmm. Okay. So... Yes, while I have been thinking about it for a year, once I made up my mind, I wasn't going to wait another seven weeks. So no, no way. <laughs> Amazon Prime, be here Thursday. Nice. You know, I'd rather do that. Nice. Awesome, um, man. Yeah. So you got some questions for us? Um, yes. What software do you guys use for 3D modeling and for slicing? For 3D modeling, let me go first because I'm probably the least in 3D modeling, like experiencing that. So I basically, for simple stuff, I use Tinkercad.com. It's a website and just kind of yeah, do it all on the website. All right. It's all right. It's it has its ease, but it also kind of has its limitations. Mm-hmm. Um, I I tried SketchUp, but I am kind of learning SketchUp, so I'm gonna probably stay with that just because I have yeah. it installed on my Mac and. Um, I want to learn it for the carpentry stuff that I want to do. So yeah. it's kind of like two, two, you know, I, two birds, one stone. I used still. to use SketchUp a lot, mm-hmm. but now that it's like web based and stuff, yeah, it, it's it's kind of shitty. Yeah, it used to work like a lot better, I think. It's laggy and more stuff limited now, opinion. and it's just mm-hmm. kind of crappy. I don't like it. Yeah. Um, 
I was pretty proficient I'm, with it. You know, I'm probably going to buy the, the, the pro version that gives you yeah. the actual download app. You know, it's like yeah, 100 bucks. you would need that because there's a lot of stuff that's limited in it now. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah right. for sure. Um, and then I use uh, Simplify 3D as my slicer, which okay. I think is one of the best. It is 150 bucks, but mm-hmm. in my opinion, it's well worth it. Everything okay. I've ever sliced with it printed out perfect. Okay, it's so. good to know. Yeah, and for me... Uh, what I use to model anything in is uh, I'm still using one two three day as a free program at one point. Um, mm-hmm. I just found that I can do what I want quick enough. It's it that too has its limitations, and it's not as great as Fusion 360, which I think I downloaded at one point. It was free. I don't even know how to get it nowadays. It seems it like seems- everybody that I watch on YouTube is using that. Yeah, that's the one I keep hearing about. Yeah, and really I think good. it's free for personal or hobby use. Um, or educational. Yeah, I don't know how they, I don't, you know, I don't know how they kind of prove that or whatever, but it's a, still a web-based thing, so I, I'm not too excited about that. Yeah, I tell which, you what, which I didn't it find it. Great if you've got a decent connection. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, see, I, I didn't. I don't know. The whole web-based thing really got to me where yeah, I was just like, yeah, I don't, I don't like I it. Save it to my computer. Exactly. Guys, I mean, you can save it to your computer. I mean, you load files from your computer. You save your projects in the cloud. That's right. Yeah. And also yeah. export, you know, if you want to export an STL or an object. I'm serious. It's absolutely the way to go. Applications in the cloud. That's a lot of what I do now in my okay. day job. And, um, but they've got it now to where, it processes these things when you do a render or something. It's amazing how fast mm-hmm. I can render a whole helicopter, this life-size helicopter, in like less than ten minutes. Yeah, and that's that, you know it's pretty does good. It, does it work pretty? Can you do like assemblies and stuff? Can you have like three or you four parts and have you them can, connect you, together? You can connect them together and then you can animate them and watch them run. Okay, cool. They can show you. You can analyze it and see if there's weaknesses. Mm-hmm. You know, like if you've got your teeth too deep or something, it'll show you where the weakest yeah. parts are in your, yeah. I mean, nice. it'll do about anything that you can learn to do on it. You know, I can barely scratch the surface on it. I can make stuff. I made some really cool rocket launchers and stuff like that for these helicopters, but stuff with a lot of different compound angles. And I, I'm really, you know, just now starting to do some of that. Mm-hmm. Right yeah. now, we're expensive though, huh? Clean up these models, but. You said there's a free version? Yeah, yeah it says it's free for um, personal use or hobby use. If you make less than $1,000 a year off of whatever you're making with it, it's free. That's what it says on the website. I haven't went to download it or nothing yet. That's what I did. I downloaded it. And you can only use it on one computer at a time. So, you know, if I'm using my laptop as opposed to my iMac, I'll have to log out of that session and relock, but it's no big deal. I mean, and the great thing about it is if you saved some of the stuff you're working on, your projects in the cloud, no matter where you're at, you can do it. Right. Okay. I definitely got to check it out. That seems like it's one of the more popular ones. Yeah. And there's a lot of good, so a lot of really good tutorials about it. Okay. Yeah. So I've, I've kind of got a bit of a history with 3D modeling so i i've used blender before in the past i've used uh autodesk and uh i kind of like 
one, two, three D. Like I said, for what I need to do, it it does it. Uh, as long as it can do like the Boolean operations where it can minus or add to stuff. Uh, like if you create, say you want to create a nut and bolt that you want to minus because uh, you want to bolt two pieces together later on. I've done that where I, you know you can minus that from your model. And, you know, it just does that yeah. kind of stuff. So, for right now, for me, it's, it's. Kevin, have you even tried Mesh Mixer? I have tried Mesh Mixer, uh, because sometimes 123D wants you to do something in Mesh Mixer when you bring in other files that aren't, you know, when you bring in other STLs. Mm. I haven't had a lot of success with it. You gotta watch the tutorials. Yeah. Because a lot of it is just not very, uh, intuitive, I guess you would say, but um, I, I found some, and I'll send them to you, and maybe we can just post them in the after-show notes. But the um, it's just amazing what you can do with it. Once, you know, I, I watched five minutes of this guy's video, and it helped me two hundred percent. So instead of just pausing and going and do it, I watched his whole video, and then I watched another one how to smooth out polygon stuff, but. Adding pieces, subtracting pieces, you know, plane cuts. It's just really a powerful tool. So many different things that you can do in it that it's just not obvious at the first glance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, for like I said, I for what I'm, I haven't, I haven't modeled anything really crazy. The only thing that I I find that Fusion 360 does is later on, if you wanted to change something that's uh, a foundational part. You know, you can do that easier in, in Fusion 360. In the 123D, you almost have to save your steps as you go, as your progress goes to, to change any of that foundational stuff. Like if you wanted yeah. to make your entire model just slightly bigger or the inside of something slightly smaller, you know, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, yeah. that kind of thing is, is easier to do in, in, uh, Fusion 360 only because it keeps all that. It keeps all those steps. Which mm-hmm. is which is awesome. Uh, I just it's all history. I haven't. Yeah, I haven't. It keeps it all in a tree on the side. You know, I just haven't come across anything where I need to do that yet. I'm sure I'm I will. I'm sure one day I'll, I'll learn it. I've also found that it's you know there's not really one application that does everything that you want to do, or at least I've not figured out how to use one application to do it. Like Cura, you know, it's that's usually where I do my scaling. You know, I bring the pieces in. Full size, whatever the designer made them, and right. um, and then scale them down. But then I use I use Blender some too. Um, seems like some of these models that don't have as good a uh, smooth texture on it, I can import them in, and it'll clean them up automatically, and then just save them out as the same thing with a V1 at the end of it. And it's amazing how much better it looks. Mm. I but, see. Uh, see what I do is, uh, I I usually work upstairs in the bedroom, and my printers are all downstairs in the garage. So, like, I'll save the files on my network, and I'll either pull them off the network downstairs, and then put them on a little card and put them in the CR10, or I'll print directly from the files. Um, and that's after I've sliced them. So I don't. My slicing software is also upstairs. But I know that. Uh, at one point, I was slicing in Cura downstairs. That when I had my one uh, Lutzbot hooked directly up to the one PC that I use downstairs, mm-hmm. and it's it's easier to do that 
to slice it downstairs, but I found that, I don't know, just for my sanity and like, it's a lot of running. Maybe I'm getting exercise going up and down stairs all the time. I don't know. <laughs> um, but, uh, Andy was talking about what programs use the model. That's, that's it for me is right now is one, two, three D. I've used the, the Tinkercad one that Steve, uh, was talking about. And that's actually really good too. You can do some really quick stuff that you need. Yeah, quick splitting. Like if Down you have 30, a project yep. that's too big, mm-hmm. you can do like fifty percent to print, you know, each half separately. Things like that. Okay, like so it'll cut it in a in a like a reasonable spot that you can glue back together. Or something. Well, you you have to designate it, but you basically it's you build things by using positive and negative shapes. Mm-hmm. So like you can take like a big huge negative cube and take a project and just slice it right in half. Okay. And then you then you export it, and then you undo that change, move that cube to, to the other side of the line, and then slice the other half, you know, okay, and, okay. and print it out. So you get your two STL files if you want to print out like something way bigger, you know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, nice. So uh, what I use to do my slicing, I I have Simplify 3D as well. Uh, I use that for my Prusa clone. Mm. And the reason I I think the reason I use that is because there's no the the Prusa clone has no like I can't go in and say it's a Prusa clone and it'll know what model, what what printer I have. Dimensions and stuff, right? Yeah, so I, it's kind of all customized for that. So I keep mm-hmm. that, you know, I keep that just specifically for that machine. I use a uh, Cura for um, the other two machines that I currently use. Okay. Uh, Ultimaker Cura for the CR10, and then there's a there's a specific Cura version for the uh, for the Lutzbot Mini. Okay. And then. <laughs> And then <laughs> there's <Damn>. a uh, <laughs> when I'm downstairs using my my Prusa clone, I have um, a free program called Pronterface, which I actually use to run it, load the load that slice software into it, and then mm-hmm. run it from there. And that's a whole nother like I level it. I I get it to the I do the Z height myself each time, uh, and because there's no there's no there's no stops on it or nothing. I I just I, sh- I know I should have stops on it, but the stop is kill the power. If it, if mm-hmm. I hear it binding up, uh, and the the LUT spot, let's see, the LUT spot I had Octo Print on for a little while, but now mm, now that's the, that. that's the one I run Cura directly off the PC, and then the other one, the CR10, you just I just save everything on a micro SD and load it up, and mm-hmm. basically that that whole hardware there, hardware and software runs on that taking place of the other free software that I have for the other one. The Prusa clone's kind of the most involved, but I'm kind of glad I did it that way after I purchased one so I could see the in, ins and outs. And it's really helped me in troubleshooting, like when I come across a problem, yeah, why right. isn't it doing this? I know immediately, all right, it's either too low or it's not you know hot enough or yeah. you know I got a clog and I got to uh-huh. take it apart. So that's been cool, beneficial. You know, it's been been definitely been a helpful Cool. You're kind of a 3D historian. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Archaeologist, maybe. The same with my computer uh, museum I have upstairs, probably, in my attic. <laughs> uh, but, Andy, earlier you were asking about um, speeds, man. And uh, yeah. I was going to check. my. I have my thing on my... Uh, my I was just curious, kind of. I mean, I know it varies with what you're doing and the what filament and stuff. I was just wondering, like... What kind of average speeds do you get out of like PLA or something? 
So that's interesting. Um, do you guys actually, so George, I know you said that you, you speed up your print job something to like 110. Right. On the, on the printer itself. I usually yeah. always slice it at a set, like usually the, the default speed. Mm hmm. For whatever. What, what speed would that, like what millimeters per second or whatever is that? I think it's 50 or 60. Okay. I don't even know. 60 usually is, is your like starting point. Right. Depending if you want a f- quicker print or better quality, you either go up or right, down. Right, right, of course. What I usually do is take a profile and then I hack it up to, you know, and then save it as a special profile for sometimes even one, just one piece that I'm printing. Right, right. But, um. <clears throat> well, what's, what's weird is I was going to say is between the two programs, Cura and, and, um, Simplify 3D, it's broken up into millimeters per second and then millimeters per minutes in, in, uh, ah, okay. In simplified. I see the speeds here, yeah. yeah. So it's a little bit, you gotta do a little math if you wanna, like, compare the two. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I print at 50. Um, I have, I have a standard, um, quality profile. profile. Yeah, that's, mm-hmm. I think, 0.2 millimeters high. Yeah. Yep. And it's, that's what I'm running right now, at least. Plugs. On those big ones. See, on now, Andy, you could if you wanted to do something in the size that George was doing. I know guys will up the size of their nozzle to like uh, 0.8 or one even. Oh, uh, get yeah, big, right? Yeah, and then they can crank up the speed. Right, right They can right, crank up the course. heat. Uh, yeah, and, and it'll be done quicker. But then your quality, you'll definitely see the layer. Sure, lines. sure. Right. Well, and that's why I was kind of asking what your average speeds were because. Obviously, there's some things you want a really nice finish, but then there's other things, especially some stuff I've got in mind, some brackets and this and that, various things that it really doesn't matter. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'd, I'd rather go for speed over finish, you know, um, mm-hmm. bigger nozzle, faster extrusion and haul ass. It doesn't matter if it's rough. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I was just kind of curious what, what your, your go-to kind of average is. And so it sounds like 50, 60 is a pretty good starting point. Definitely, yeah. And there's mm-hmm. a lot of things that can be cured by slowing your print head down, your print speed down. Like a lot of issues that, I don't know why it's doing this. If you, your first thing you should try yeah. is slowing it down Slow it and down. just trying yeah. again. Okay. There's a lot of things that can be cured by that. And, uh, yeah. I know you mentioned, f- uh, flexible filaments. Those speeds are, uh, so my normal speed is about, uh, 2400 millimeters per minute on my Simplify 3D for like just regular PLA or some of the hotter PLA that I've been using. And that's, that's still, I think, a little slow. You could definitely go quicker, but I kind of, I kind of toned it down because I want a little bit of a better quality. Uh, but for the flexible filament, uh, that I'm printing at a thousand millimeters per second. So that is really slow. Like, Right. If I'm doing tires, uh, or anything like that for the R2D2 that I was doing, uh, and those tires are roughly, I don't know, about softball sized, um, maybe two inches wide by the size, like the size of a softball. Mm-hmm. That was taking like 18 hours because it was 20% in slow, but it was yeah. going slow and it came out great. It's so all, I'm like, right. I don't care as long as it, right, sure. As long as it comes out good. Okay. And that you, and then there's a whole issue with retraction. I mean, we can get into all that. When you get uh, this thing and, yeah. um, and there's Z hop, which means, you know, the Z axis is moving up every time it moves, mm-hmm. which, um, the, the nozzle itself sometimes can hit your print 
if you have edges that flare up and then it'll pull it right off the bed and then you're screwed. Yeah. Right. Uh, but it's, there's a little, there's, I mean, it's less tinkering than it was when it started, when Prusa started out, uh-huh. uh, with his, you know, idea of, uh, right. of what he came up with. Well, it's like everything. You got more people doing it, more machines, more technology. It gets a little easier as time goes on. It must be but, once uh-huh. a month, dude. I see on, I'm part of a Facebook group. Uh, for the CR10 printers, and it must be once easily once a month. I see that's a that's a Bowden tube fed head, sure. which means the 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 extruder stepper motor is off to the side. It's not actually on the head that's moving back and forth. There's a tube that goes in between, you know, from the feeder to the the heating element and the nozzle and all that. And I see video uh, of it clicking, like trying. It's like it's trying to extrude and it's clicking and it's clicking and and that's always a clogged nozzle. Like everybody's like, I don't know why it's doing this. Well, if it's your first layer, it's too low. If it's not, <laughs> your nozzle's clogged, dude. You got to clean it out. Yeah, or it's, the heat's way too low. Or the heat's way yeah, too low. Not, yeah. Yep. Yeah. They actually have a uh, a CR10V3 now with a direct extruder. Right. Oh, really? Yeah. 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 Mm. yeah. They came out with the two right after I bought mine, and I think there was some bracing on that. Was the difference? Yeah, it has a brace, and um, like I said, it's got the uh, the direct extruder and stuff. But it also has the power unit and stuff is a separate thing, so it's not an all-in-one thing. Is yours an all-in-one? Like the no, that's I, the pro. I forgot. Okay, the pro has the yeah, or the power supply and stuff sits underneath right. the bed. Okay. Yeah, I'm looking at it now. It is a little more expensive than what I paid and it ships on the 10th of July. So that's not too, I mean, that's pretty soon, but it's also, you know, do you want to be the very first one to get one and sorting out problems? Yeah. Probably not as your very first printer. I wouldn't guess. Right. You know, a brand new no, model. Not as your first. No, I was going to say the same so, thing. That, you know, that artillery one's been around for a year or so. So I figured it. Seems tested enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like I said, when uh, you told me that that was the one you were getting, there's some definitely some great YouTube sites. 3D Printing Nerd is a guy uh, in California, Joel. That's a great site to check out. Uh, he's gone through, man, almost every printer under the sun. And the reason I bought the printer that I bought was watching James Burton, uh, a guy from United Kingdom, who was printing, man, thousands of hours on these LUT spot machines and they were mm-hmm. printing really well. So I, mm-hmm. I said, now there's proof right there, you know, that that thing's actually right. working. Those are kind of expensive. Yeah, I looked at those as well, but they're kind of up in the Prusa range as far as price. A little yeah. more expensive than the others. Mine's still pretty rock solid though, dude, man. After I've had it for, geez, probably five years now, five, six years. Mm-hmm. Maybe five. Something like that. I don't know. Uh, good machine. But you can't, that doesn't mean that, like, once you get into it and get, get into the troubleshooting, you know, part of it and get through all that and get some experience with it, that you can't get the same quality and, and really awesome prints out of any other machine. Like, sure. you, know, you know what I mean? Like, once you right. get into it, uh, you can definitely, you know, fix any other problem. Um, as long as it's not like a manufactured defect, mm-hmm. you know, or a junk or anything like that. 
or if it wasn't tightened completely up. Yeah. <laughs> check, check the bolts. <laughs> well, that's, yeah, you know. that's going to happen thing. after about a year anyways. You're going to have to tighten some stuff up. Yeah. Uh, sure. Definitely. Yeah. The bed will come loose. You'll be like, why is it the prints looking like shit? Oh, the My bed. Holy like, there's no Loctite. No wonder. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm looking at my 3D printer and I see a bolt that's loose. <laughs> but, but they make them that way. They make them to, uh, they make them with little cams so you can adjust it because the wheels wear down a little bit over time too, okay. you know? Yep. Yep. Replacement parts are not bad either, you know? I mean, it'd really be good if it's a printer you like after you've used it a month or two, you might order some spares for it. Yeah, right. that's, that's something else I was going to say was, you know, that, a lot of guys, uh, and I know Jeff did this right off the bat, was when he ordered the printer, he must have ordered upgrades for this printer before he even started printing with it. And I was like, okay, you know, to each his own. That's not something I would do. I would try and print with it first just to get right. you know a baseline of, of how it's going to go because you don't know if what you've done or the 10 things you upgraded screwed anything up along the way, you know? Yeah, sure. Or the quality of it. It could just be wasted money. It might be doing this certain thing fine and didn't need an upgrade. Yep. Unless you're doing some kind of, you know, extreme speed or weird, um, something. I don't know. Yeah. The only thing I've, I've upgraded on my CR10 is the, uh, where the filament goes in because that was plastic. And after print, printing, you know, so much that plastic wore, the hole wore away like oblong and it kind of got a little Mm -hmm. strange. And that okay. upgrade was like ten bucks on Amazon. It was for a metal, you know, gear and feeder entry area, whatever you want to call it. And that was it. That's all I've done so far. Nice. What about filaments? Is there a particular brand that's better than others? You just gotta try out a few or I mean there's definitely brands that are better. Um more consistent, I would sure. say. Not even better plastic or anything, just more consistent. Um but I think it depends on your printer too, right? Like, yeah, some printers take to other printers, uh, other filaments better than others that I've noticed. Yeah, I've definitely noticed that. I don't know, George, did you want to chime in there? I was just going to say, I've had really, really good success with Hatchbox. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it seems like if you can look at the roll, if you can get a good picture of the actual product, and if it looks all weavy, like these vinyl, um, you know, little patio sets and stuff you see that's woven together. If it's stringy looking like that, stay away from it. Cause it, it, especially if you have, you know, a feed tube and don't have a direct extruder stepper mm-hmm. on your extruder. But, um, the hatch box is just really, you know, it, it comes off the roll nice and straight. And that, that does make a difference if it's not twisting up and binding and. Yeah. Right. I don't remember. I ordered a couple different ones off Amazon just to experiment with. I don't think I got a Hatchbox as one of the brands. It's hard to find right now. It's such a popular brand. Yeah. You know, they printed out all these uh, face shield uh, Mm -hmm. hidden mounts and stuff with them. So it depleted the world supply. I'm a huge fan of Hatchbox. Like, I've gone through, geez, I couldn't even tell you how many rolls. At least a hundred, probably more than that, since I started with this hobby within a hobby or whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Um, but like George said, uh, it got to a point where they were printing out all this stuff for the hospitals and that hatchbox was getting snatched up pretty quick. So I've ordered from Matter Hackers before 
just some because Hatchbox has your basic colors, you know, your your basic red, black, green, you know, mm-hmm. whatever, blue, and that's it. Like there's there's a whole another range of of like colors and and like shines and uh, that you can get, which is amazing, man. I've printed in like some copper stuff, some some dark bronze like stuff, some green, some emerald green, and mm-hmm. uh, I've actually seen like marbleized uh, filament yeah, saw that. that uh, Jeff that's printed true. out in that, and that's that's pretty cool. Uh, but I've got the hatch, uh, I've got the matter hackers, and I've picked up something that's reasonably priced. I, I mean, you can spend a lot for filament too. But I've used uh, Raise 3D, which is is p- kind of a, a premium PLA, which I've been printing at 230. Normally, you print around 200 for your regular mm-hmm. pre- PLA. Uh, this stuff I had a problem with on my CR10. I, I couldn't get it to print. When I went over to my Prusa Clone Man, it prints really good on that, and it, the prints come out really nice. And I was really happy with it to, to where I bought, you know, I think three more rolls. I, I bought two initially. Yeah. I've kind of stayed away from the infused stuff, like uh, especially when it's metal or carbon fiber, because I've heard right. that some of that can eat away your nozzle uh, very quickly. Try. Yeah, I wouldn't mm-hmm. think so. Yeah, but it's I tried. Abrasive. I tried to, uh, initially um, when I got the Lutzbot. I tried. Uh, I tried some aluminum stuff, which which was pretty cool. It was different, and I definitely tried the wood filament in my Prusa clone, which yeah. that was that was fun. That was uh, different, yeah. It smells like wood burning. You can stain it when it's done, and um, yeah, depending on what your temperatures are, like make it lighter or darker. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. So I'm kind of moving around. Like I, I really just stuck with Hatchbox for the longest time because I it was, it worked really well for me. I never had any problems with it, uh, and I knew what I was getting. It was like George said, the a lot of times with the cheaper stuff, especially um, there's two things I found. Uh, especially with the cheaper stuff, man, is that it'll get chalky and it'll start to break up as you're driving it, it into the uh, into the extruder, yeah. and that wow. starts to clog up your, your gears. So then it's less grip on it and it's less grip on it, and then it eventually that fails. Yeah, it ends up being like a wax coating of plastic on it. Yeah, it, it winds up being a print that you can put your finger through when it's done. Like mm-hmm. it might start yeah. out really good, and then when it finishes, it's almost nothing. Mm. But the other thing I was going to say about about um, the cheap filament is the diameter will change on the cheaper filament, which mm, makes sense. That can screw up. That can screw up because your your machine's thinking it's a certain diameter all the time. And there's right. tolerances in there, but yeah, uh-huh. that can lead to uh, clogs too. Clogs or probably under extruding or under extrusion. Yep. Yeah, yeah. It's I mean that's less of a thing nowadays. I found that the the chalkiness really is what I've run into with some of the cheaper stuff. Mm. Well, let's talk about materials for just a second. Uh, yeah, most stuff. Uh, I guess like if it's just tinkering around or it's going to be indoors PLA probably or if it's going to be not exposed to higher temperatures um, any of you guys use ABS at all? I use it. It can be a little more difficult to, to print or to get I good have. prints with. Yeah I have. You have to run a lot hotter temperatures but yeah. it, it, it does uh, really hold up well outside. Yeah. If you had a hot attic 
in the summertime that you could put your 3D printer in and print uh, ABS. The problem with ABS is that it likes to shrink really quick. Yeah. Uh, and if that happens between the layers, that's when it really starts to, to curl up. Yeah, the edges curl, yep. Mm-hmm. So depending on what you're trying to print, uh, some of it's just impossible. You, you can't really do it like without a hot box or something like that. Yeah, I was going to say maybe an enclosure, a heated enclosure or something. But that's what George has for his, his Ender uh-huh. 3. Yeah. So you've got it in a cabinet, and don't you have like a, a little small ceramic heater in there? Yeah, you just set it whatever temperature. I usually keep, keep it about it. 90 degrees. Yeah, you can keep it nice and warm. And, uh, yeah, it does, does fine. Most of the time, the, uh, the printer will keep it hot enough. Yeah. Where it barely kicks on. I mean, in the wintertime, I don't even, I, I heat with propane out here in the hangar and, uh, a fireplace, gas fireplace. So, uh, I don't have any heat on at night, but that little ceramic heater does a great job. Right. I'm getting ready to probably, move that out and build a real big one for uh all of them the the reason i mean it depends on what you're if you're just printing a few things this is this is all my opinion like if i'm just printing a few things that i'm gonna do for outside uh i know the guy that made the r2 project uh said that he prints in abs a lot but i didn't want to have i knew it was going to be a lot of parts and i didn't want to have yeah, sure. a hot plate of 212 degrees running in my basement for like six months, you know, because that's no, just the no. the bed temperature you need at that yeah. point. Yeah, but I think the I think the PLA Plus or the PLA Premium stuff is is a pretty good bridge between the two, and I know yeah. that the PETG definitely. I've heard. Uh, yeah, I was just about to ask that. about that uh, or the or nylon. What what would you use the nylon for? I've tried, I have nylon and I've tried it and I could not get it to print on either one of my machines. One, one couldn't go hot enough. 250 was like the max unless I go back wow. into the Arduino software and change that on the yeah. Prusa clone. I, I can't do anything. And on my CR10, it, it started out printing the first couple layers really good. Uh, then I think it screwed my nozzle up. So I kind of like gave up on that. Mm-hmm. But nylon's, nylon was specifically in this project as, uh, for the wheels. Uh, that on the rollers uh, of the uh, Omni wheels, that's what this what what he was printing in nylon and, and nylon's really flexible but really tough, I guess right. or not really right. flexible. It's flexible but and tough. Yeah, it's more it, flexible than ABS or or something like that. Yeah, but um, it's harder than like the the um, uh, TPU type stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they wanted me to print uh, the rollers and the uh, engine or the motor brackets because the motor bra- brackets kind of pr- pinch around the motors in the uh, nylon. Yeah, and I tried right. it; I, I couldn't get it to I couldn't get it to print in nylon or ABS. So I did it in some of that premium PLA stuff. And I tell you, people, people, I've had experience with PLA, and don't get me wrong, I've had experience with it in the summertime melting. Um, yeah. On that big biplane. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I mean, I've printed little things out in the back of my Jeep out of black PLA, regular hatchbox, black PLA, a little clip to hold my shelf on my tailgate, and that hasn't warped or done anything yet. Um, that was kind of an experiment. I want to see what would happen. I have uh, I have hanger brackets that I made in my shed that are in, in the heat of summer. They're out of PLA, and they're hanging, planes are hanging from it, and they haven't bent or twisted or anything. It's not like, I think it's, I know that it's definitely, 
a lot of variables more prone to that to the temperature but it's not as it's not as uh, flimsy or as as short term as a lot of people think and a lot of people will say oh well it's biodegradable yeah but uh <laughs> 100 years so, so is yeah so is a soda can yeah i mean it's just like <laughs> depending on how long it, it's yeah right, right. it's that and yeah. i mean if you bury it in your yard it, yeah it might degrade in 20 years <laughs> i mean it, it's corn based yeah and it's biodegradable but it's not like if you take it outside it's gonna yeah, you, you can't beat corn based yeah right <laughs> buy more corn uh-huh. buy more corn it, yep <laughs> it's not gonna disintegrate like a mcdonald's bag you know when you take right. it outside and and i've conducted some experiments on that just just to see because i didn't want to print out this whole r2 and pla or the pla plus and and not be able to mess with it which is still is kind of an experiment but i have uh, a couple of tanks from years ago that i made and they've they're still holding up fine i've seen no problems with those and like i said the other the other things that i have out in the weather uh, or out in the shed in the hot the heat of the summer and the cold of the winter mm-hmm Mostly yeah. with the airplanes, the wings are just so thin. They have to be so it, you know, you get your weight right that it doesn't take much heat to, to loosen that thin section up as opposed to like your bracket on your back of your truck. Yeah. Um, yeah. You probably printed that, you know, maybe not solid, but with quite a bit of infill. Well, yeah. And I have more experience now from when I made the biplane back in the day. And the biplane I'm talking about is that big. 97 inch one yeah. that I made for Flight Fest years ago. All the innards were all 3D printed, so I could just, you know, cut the dowels and stuff that I was making, mm. uh, uh-huh. just to, just to screw right in. Uh-huh. Uh, cause that, that geometry was kind of intricate inside. And I'm glad I did it that way. It's just, uh, just, uh, you know, in the hot sun in Ohio, just got, got to a point where it started yeah. drooping a little bit. I mean, I think also, like, even hot glue is drooping. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right, right. You know, so it's it pretty hot. <laughs> it would have this weekend. Yeah, for sure. Makes sense. I do, I did get some ABS. I, I gotta figure that out. I mean, if I end up doing a lot, I might look into building a cabinet or something for it. Just to. Yeah. yeah. Especially some of the stuff that's gonna be outside or exposed to weather or or needs to be a little more durable, a little stronger. Um, I imagine ABS would be better, assuming I can get it to print decently. This is all stuff, you know, I'm talking out of my ass because I don't have any experience yet, but this is just stuff I've got to figure out. That's why I'm asking. Yeah, but yeah, you're, not sure. a, you're not an idiot. You, you kind of know that. Well, <laughs> it depends on who you ask. Um <laughs> But you know that, uh, you know, you're, anybody that I think in this hobby knows that, uh, troubleshooting is a, uh, big part of it and. Right. It's just, it's part of that too, you know? Yeah. It's just understanding, you know, that, that plastic's gotta get hot to squirt. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it's gotta go somewhere. Yeah. Um, gosh. I'm sure that I, I can't think, uh, okay. I got, here's a quick one. What's better to print, um, like, uh, hook your computer to it with USB or use like micro SDs or USB drives to get your file from your computer to the, 
to the printer. Use a card. Yeah, yeah I personally use a card. Yeah, I would agree to that too. Yeah. If the, if the power fails, then you can recover. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you have it connected to the computer. You know, that, that brings up a point that's kind of a pet peeve of mine. Why don't they put some memory on the motherboard? Yeah, just cache everything. Yeah. I mean, load it from a, from an SD yeah. card in memory. Yeah. And that way, if it, the power fails, um, you know, even, cause if somebody bumps your printer, say for instance, you got one sticking halfway out in the middle of an aisle going around a jack, yeah. gigantic you table. You don't have a big aisle because you have a thousand square foot table. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's, it's, you know, I put caution saying. tape on the front of that thing, you know, so that nobody <laughs> bumps up against it. And it probably will draw them like a moth to a flame. Oh yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I did. it's funny. I was walking by it and I said, "Be careful! Don't don't hit that SD card." He went, "This one," and he, I'm telling you, he he had to have glanced it. And I thought, "Oh Lord, you know, here we are in the middle of a three and a half day print." Oh jeez. But uh, he could did. you put a could you print a little cover that would like a hinge, screw it to the something? I don't know I'm how gonna, it's. I'm gonna made, go. Could you make a cover for it? I'm gonna make a a big cover. I'm gonna. Enclose that whole uh, area underneath the TV. Okay, yeah, that's probably the better idea. Insulate. Yeah, you already said you're going to make a cabinet. Yeah, I want to get another one of the Ender Three Pros. Keep it up, you're going to be like Kevin. You're going to have forty uh, different right. printers. Well, hopefully they're going. We're going to be able to make these uh, molds off these plugs pretty fast and uh, turn out some nice fuselages. Yeah. Nice. Uh, and submarines as well. Subs. Submarines. Submarines are awesome. Have I told y'all about that? I did, didn't I? Mm. About on vacation when Steve brought his submarine. Oh, up. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah he did. I'm hooked. How? I'll probably, I'll probably just do one that does dynamic diving that has, you know, dive planes on it that you just build up your speed and then yeah. dive. Because, you know, all that stuff, uh, his is so complicated, it's unbelievable. You ought to see inside that Nautilus. Yeah. It's got like a zillion lights in it. Nice. <laughs> That's awesome. A lot of it's, you know, he's done a lot of the 3D printing for the, he's designed all the, like, he's got acrylic, uh, just balls that he's using for ballast domes. And, uh, it's pretty cool how he designed Little, uh, like little skeleton crates to hold those things inside of it. Mm-hmm. Huh. That's cool. Steve knows a lot about 3D printing. Yeah. I always wanted a submarine. I, I was wondering, like, how deep can that go before it just loses signal? I wouldn't imagine very deep. He was going pretty deep. I'd say he was at least a couple of times there, three or four feet under. Really? And he still had control of it. Apparently. Does it have some sort of fail safe where it'll yeah. surface if it yeah. loses signal? Yeah, if it yeah. doesn't get any signal from the transmitter for so long, it'll release. Uh, but the that doesn't help if it gets tangled up in a seaweed or something. Or something. Yeah, true. <laughs> Piece of driftwood. Mm-hmm. I guess you got us. I guess part of his kit should be a snorkel mask so you can dive in after it. <laughs> yeah, some hip waders or something. Yeah. 
COVID-19 suit. Uh-huh. Some duct tape. Well, it's going to be fun, interesting yeah. learning experience. Thank goodness there's been these old timers like Kevin that have, you know, they've chopped, they've the pushed the trail, man. You know, they've, <laughs> they've figured out all this stuff, you know, and uh, using, yeah. you know, uh, Walmart mirrors and stuff like that on the beds. And I've heard all kinds of crazy stories. <clears throat> Just glass from uh, Home Depot, man, has worked really well. And Magic Goo or something it's called. I got it on mm-hmm. Uh, Amazon, mm. uh, but you can actually. I think we can talk about that after the show. With with uh, <laughs> with uh, ABS, dude, you can actually mix up uh, with a little bit of ABS with some uh, acetone and use that as like an agent to stick it to the bed. I've heard right. guys having good results with that. I'm yet to try that though, because um, ABS just. I think if I was in a location where it was. A little bit hotter. Uh, I would try it. Like I said, if I stuck into my attic or something. I think you can. Doesn't uh, acetone melt ABS? Because yeah. can't you plas- um chemical weld yes. ABS? Yep. Yeah. The acetone. I thought you, could. It. you can rinse it and smooth it. That's what a lot of guys do. They'll acetone weld it together, and you can yeah, you can smooth it, putting it in like a vapor bath. Oh, okay. Type thing. Sort of take the the um the layers. Out of layer it. lines out. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Makes sense. Cool. Well, by this time next week, I hope to have it in my uh-huh. greedy little hands. And- All right. So stand by for part two of <laughs> Sobe Talk. Yeah. Sobe Talk. Talking us Ep- Sobe. Yeah. Episode <laughs> two as the PLA turns. As the P- <laughs> As the spool turns. Yeah, yeah. The spool hey, turns. there you go. As the spool turns. Nice. All right, let's move it on. Do we have a planker segment? I hope I so. Do I think we do? Oh man. Oh yeah. Oh boy. Yo, 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 hey, planker number 32, did you guys catch number 31? Yeah, I mean, I know we had some free fall pod discombobulations on that, some technical issues, but it looks like the boys have it well in hand now. Everything's under control. So we have a a short planker today, my IAS, my uh, itchy ass syndrome is kicking up. Oh, you know what? We've got an excerpt from Planker 1 today. How cool is that? Plankety plank plank. Oh, man. Is your podcast or radio show in need of proper engineering? Come to the Freefall RC Audio School of Broadcasting. Learn proper microphone handling. Proper modulation. Come and meet George Baker, our chief engineer. Hello there. And the Freefall head of Interwebs, Stormtrooper 43. Too difficult for me. Class. For our editing, sign up now. 
Bye. Kevin. Hey, guys. I don't know. Come see Kevin's class on editing, editing, editing. Come see Kevin's class on editing, editing, editing. <laughs> Sign up for our etiquette and language course given by Steve. Oh, yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Fuck it. What do I care? And for some reason, Andy decided to leave the free fall thing behind. He got a new job as a bubble wrap inflator. But it sucks. <laughs> Plank, plank. No one is available to take your call. Please leave a message after the tone. Mr. Ross, this is Tennessee Custom Tractor. The uh, pink uh, wheel covers you ordered came in for your combine, but the lettering department isn't quite sure if you wanted to say Dandy Andy, is that correct? And you want that in pink. Call us back, please. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Mr. Uh, oh, actually, it says Freefall RC Podcast. That's not a person. Well, whoever you are, sir, uh, the test results came back, and it looks like that rash is going to get worse before it gets better. My suggestion is don't scratch it. Um, come to the back to the office and get the proper cream, and uh, hopefully it'll get better. Thank you. <laughs> Mr. Yun, this is uh, Sam Champion from Wilentz, Goldman and Spitzer, the law firm. We were able to um, process your request for information on the um, restraining order from Mr. Let's see, oh, Mr. <laughs> Kyle Stacy. And yes, it does include public bathrooms. If there's anything else we can do for you, don't hesitate to call. Thanks. Let's uh, listen to a Planker segment. Oh, crap. <laughs> Just kidding. Soon, though. And that's it. Oh, yeah? Oh boy, <laughs> mm. dude, that was a moldy oldie. Yeah, from the planker. Yeah. <laughs> George got a kick out of that. That's funny. With Mister uh, Andy and his pink wheel covers. <laughs> yeah. Hey, those covers are working great. Nice. Nice. Still holding up, huh? Yep. Awesome. You'll be able to three D print some new ones now. <laughs> with hot pink now. Oh, man. Metallic. Metallic pink. All right. Uh, let's see. News and announcements. All right. News and announcements. Okay. What do we have? Uh, you talked about this already a little bit at the beginning of the show, Steve. But if you have a Kraken 580, there is a shaft that you need to get a replacement for. Yes. And it's an intermediate shaft? It's never good when you break your shaft. I'll just let you know. Or if your shaft yeah. gets recalled. Yeah. Mm. Man needs a good, hard, straight shaft. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You don't want to be retrofitting some other shaft. Oh. No, it has to be the right one. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, I think probably everyone knows about this by now already. It's been all over Facebook and stuff, but Uh it's news, so I just thought I should bring it up. The the post actually on Facebook from uh, SAB Heli Division said, The heat treatment did not generate the the necessary hardness in some shafts to ensure long-lasting operation with the one-way bearing. It's almost like a PSA. Anybody that has seen so-and-so, please come down for a free shot. At the clinic. <laughs> um, Sounds like a CYA. <laughs> CYA. Yep. Mm. So that's that, dude. That's I mean, shit happens. That, yeah. That's not. That's not. Yeah. SAB oh yeah. Or anything. No. Just uh, oh, this was a different company. Yeah. Maybe one that starts with A and ends with a line. <laughs> would, just, <laughs> would just sell you uh, an upgrade shaft. Yeah. yeah. They'd say, oh, bucks. yeah. Well, is that wearing down? Well, so, here we go. Here's uh, the red one or B2. the gold one. Yeah, yeah. the red one. <laughs> so props to SAB for jumping out ahead of it as soon as they figured out there was a problem and taking care of it. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Not playing not playing dumb or anything, too. I, right, I hate right. when companies do that. Because they yep. could have done that. It's a new model coming mm-hmm. out. You don't want to make any yep. bad, bad publicity. And it's not bad. They turned it right, right around. I mean, like I said, shit happens. Hey, I tell you, their seconds, are, their, their seconds are good enough for me, man. Yeah. Most most of the blades I'm running on some of these uh, flying eggs, these uh, AH6s and stuff, they're all SAB blades, just painted up. Nice. Seconds, that is. Yeah. I bet you get those pretty reasonable, George, because a lot of the hardcore 3D guys don't care for them as much, but, yeah. but they're fantastic uh Scale blades, oh, perfect. Yeah, because yeah. you know you kind of scuff awesome. them up, sand them anyway. But sure. uh, yeah, I think most of the time I can get like a six ninety, a set of six nineties for fifty dollars, and if I get more than two sets, I can get them for like forty five dollars each. Yeah, can't beat that. No, and when you know you run six of them, it's helpful to find. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that. It adds up. Uh-huh. Damn. That thing sounds wild. Oh, I'll bet. Next on the list here is Triple Tree Aerodrome. Oh, I know. Released a uh-huh. uh, <laughs> announcement a few days ago. Uh, it says the board of directors have been closely monitor- monitoring the developing COVID-19 global pandemic. Number of cases continue to increase. Blah, 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 blah. Basically, that looks like they're canceling Everything. All, all fall events. Yeah. Yeah. Which includes the Hell Extravaganza, Nall in the Fall, probably some full scale events. I don't know what all they got going on. Mm. But, um, yeah. It's a shame. It is. But, you know, I think it's, I think it's the right call. There's just oh, so absolutely. many people. It's so many people come right to those call. events and, yeah. uh, yeah. right. just yeah. no way, no way you could, Keep no. They come from all over the country, all over the world. Yeah. So, yes, it sucks, but I, um, I commend them for doing the right thing. Yeah. yeah. And if you're, um, if you're really a triple tree supporter, send them a donation. I mean, it, uh, it it's really a hard lick. They missed all this year. You know, they yeah. missed an event, um, what, a year ago? Right. 
So uh, it's a really year ago really or good, year before last. Year before last, maybe. Right, right. But um, one of those really good foundation. I mean, they do a lot of good things. Hopefully, a lot of future pilots will come from there. Yep. Through getting interested in flight there. It's kind of really the, I call it the Garden of Eden of aviation. It kind of is. A little bit of everything there. Mm-hmm. Aviation related. Fantastic facility. I mean. Oh, yeah. Check it out someday. It feels it's, like home when yeah, you go there. Fans. I mean, it feels, I've spent so much time there. It, it feels like home. When we go, we stay eight days each event. It's nice. Just, it's a big hole this year. All right. We had an event that canceled, and I'm going to swing it back the other other way with a, a note we got from Jason Fitz, if you guys don't mind. I'll oh, yeah, that. absolutely. I'll read I that. almost forgot about that. Do that, and then I'll do the last thing. He says, hey, boys, would be so awesome if you could give my event a shout-out on the show. Thanks, guys. And he's talking about the... 2020 helis at highland which is july 18th through uh 9 a.m to july 19th at 3 p.m and that's at frankfurt highland airport in frankfurt new york nice uh privately owned airport just keep your distance when is that again uh that's july 18th starting at 9 a.m to july 19th at 3 p.m so what is that like next week uh, next weekend, not this weekend. Next weekend. Yeah. yeah what happens at weekend. What happens at three p.m.? Do they chase you off the property, or yeah, what? you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Uh, it's a thirty dollar pilot fl- pilot fee, which includes dinner Saturday night for the registered pilots, and uh, I think he's donating a lot of this. Um, what he brings into if I read this right, maybe I didn't read it right. I don't know. Have your current AMA ready and uh, go get some flying in. Sweet. So there is an event going on somewhere in the United States. Yep. So thanks, Jace, for sending us that. Awesome. And the last thing I have here is the National Model Aviation Museum is opening up to their summer hours. They're open seven days a week, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m., uh, they say we do have social distancing measures in place and ask that all visitors wear a mask uh-huh. and they look forward to seeing you. So if you're going to be in town for Nats, um, this month or in the Midwest, um, near Muncie, Indiana for any other reason, go by and check it out. The entire history of model aviation. Yeah. This is a pretty cool site to see if you're into the hobby at all. Definitely. Yep. I agree. I enjoy this kind of stuff, walking around, see the the shop they had set up yeah, mm-hmm. inside. It was pretty awesome. Pretty amazing. Yeah, the little hobby shop. Yeah, it was pretty cool. A lot of history. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. What's next for you in the hobby then, huh? What's next for you, Andy? I want to hear uh, something. I, uh, I'm going to play with my printer. Let's right. play with that thing that extrudes plastic. Yeah, and we'll that play with the plastic. plastic squirting machine. Yeah, oh the plastic squirting machine. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, that's probably all I'll do. 
I mean, how's how's the full time farming going? Like, is that in full swing this time of year? Like, well, it's not supposed to be. You know, when I get done planning, I'm supposed to, you know, be able to kind of relax a little bit. I mean, not fully. Right. But damn, this last two weeks have been busy as hell. Not, I've had to go back and replant some places because we didn't oh, get right. enough rain to bring the soybeans up. So that's been a pain in the ass. Yeah. It's been a million freaking degrees. <laughs> so it's been hot as hell and that's pissing me off. I've <laughs> <laughs> been busting rocks and hauling them. That's been kind of, you know. Yeah. I pro- saw the project. The rocks. Yeah. So yeah, man, I've been crazy. busy as hell. Crazy. I'm not used to working. Oh, Given- Kevin, you made a mistake. That's kind of like asking a a um, certain gender, "Hey, how you doing?" It opens a whole. Well, men, yeah, we like to complain. A whole. I just heard a bunch of it. Man, he got to play with the big old Tonka toy, busting up big gigantic rocks. Probably had an air conditioned cab and everything on it. Yeah. <laughs> Now, if I said that, George, he's being nice to you. If I said that, he would have been like, yeah, so what's your point? <laughs> no, I was, just wait. I was just waiting for the... He, he knows I'm right. It, it's, yeah. it's fun to get to play with something like it every once in a while. Yeah, yeah every once in a while, but not every day. <laughs> not for 14 days straight or whatever. For 20 doing. years in a row. <laughs> no, that was a lot of rocks, man. That was a yeah, job. Yeah, that's only half of them. Jeez. We actually, we, we give up, took the machine back. Wow. I mean, we're probably, we're going to need to haul those and get them out of the way. we got two guys, two trucks hauling right now, started today. What are you using them for field somewhere? Or? No, we're going to put them on the river bank to protect the, oh yeah, um, from erosion. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Make your own rocks. That's good. Yep. <laughs> Take big rocks and make little rocks. Mm-hmm. They're still big, though. I mean, yeah. even after I busted them, they're several hundred pound rocks, or maybe some of them are probably thousand or more. Wow. wow. All right, George. So, what are you going to be doing in the hobby? <laughs> <laughs> well, sorry, uh, I, I asked want, Andy. I'm sorry. Busting the jokes. I want to get that uh, AH6 tuned a little bit better and. See how it's going to do. Take it easy with it, not just go out and start doing circuits, you know, 300 yards away with it right off the bat. Flips, first yeah. thing. But, uh, you know, that, that, that old head, it's an, it's an old TF Hobbies head, uh, and it's, it's really stiff. So I think it's going to need a, it's probably not been used in 10, 12 years. So. We'll take it easy on it for a while, get it limbered up. It's got some kind of like tension or deal in the grips. You ever seen that? A tension or deal in the grips. Yeah, it's have like to be a little more specific. Well, it's it's like I mean it it makes it zero itself. You can't just flip the the grips around any way you want to. Hmm. No, I I've seen never that. seen that. Yeah. yeah. It's the, they came out with this, these multi-blade heads like this back before they had a fly barless controller. So they had to have, apparently this is what they're telling me, they had to have some kind of, a, I guess, resistance in there to make it come back to, to center. 
Huh. Maybe to keep the tracking from getting too far out or something? Yeah. Yeah. And um, instead of having the fly bar, it kind of offset, you know, not having the fly bar. It's crazy mm-hmm. stuff people used to fly with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Be interesting. Probably a little tail gyro and just went with it. Did the best they could. Years ago, most of the scale people, I mean, if they just get it, hover it off the ground, maybe move it back and forth a little bit, forwards and backwards, maybe rotate it around and do a pirouette or something, and set it back down, and it was like a successful day. Yep. Gas motors. I can't imagine. No. I don't think I would have been in the hobby, or at least flying helicopters, if that's what I had to deal with. Yeah. Yeah. It was bad enough trying to get that little Cox motor thing flying, which never flew when I was a kid. <laughs> Chopping your finger off. Oh, the free man. flight Cobra thing? The free flight thing, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Crazy. So what about you, Steve? What are you going to be up to? I want to go flying. I'll probably work on a Miata. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Sounds so, good. yeah, that's about it. He's going to go around his house and see what kind of metal shit he can cut in half. <laughs> yeah. His neighbor's going to come out, his porch going to cut in half. He's <laughs> like, where the fuck is my railing? There's, there's going to be this line of molten metal, like, all around the neighborhood. <laughs> I know. Hey, Steve, i tell you what you can do. You can get some of these empty, uh, like, food cans, like the big one-gallon cans. Uh-huh. You can get, it like, some of these restaurants and stuff. They just throw them out. Yeah. But, um... A plasma cutter and those things, you can make some really neat lampshades. Just cut you out a round hole, put you a light socket in it, and then draw your design on it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm not very good at freehand cutting with that thing. <laughs> I try to do a straight line with no, you know, guides or anything, and it's just kind of all over the place. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, you know, straight if you, you know, you if you cross eyed, maybe. Or something. Huh? You can use it, get a metal ruler thing and you just yeah, yeah. It. yeah. So what I ended up doing was using um, just a flat iron that I had. Yeah. I just you know bolt like basically just clamped it onto the table where I had you know my welding table, um, where I had the piece that I was cutting clamped on there too, um, and then it worked like it worked pretty good. You know, I, I still have to worry about like my angle and stuff, make sure I'm pointing straight, you know, perpendicular to the surface and stuff. Because I'm used to welding, like I'm getting used to welding now, so like I'm and I'm slag welding, so I'm freaking dragging everything, right? So I'm I'm dragging like that 45 degree angle, and then when you start it up, it's very similar, like to a welder, um, except you hear air, right? Do you and make like, Do you hmm? make lightsaber noises when you're cutting stuff? <laughs> no, <laughs> would oh, be man. Cool. I would be. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> 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 so I think it's cool though, man. I, I gotta. <laughs> Yeah, you got to come over, Kevin, and mess with it. It's, I'll it's check fun. it out. Andy, yeah. you reminded me when I was a kid and I worked at the lumberyard. We used to have a, a huge saw that we would rip plywood down on. You know, you've yeah. seen it at Home Depot now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. you, we could rotate the saw 90 degrees and rip it like long ways. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I had this bright idea to start screaming when I was doing it one time. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, a manager of the store came running over and he was like, come on, man. You got to stop that. I just started laughing. Uh, that was the same guy that told me I'd never get an ulcer because I don't give a shit about anything. I think he was right. Nice. Yeah. yeah, he was right. Yeah. I was just like, yeah. Yeah, as it was cutting. Uh, <laughs> too funny. Oh, my God. What a sight that must have been. It just popped into my head. Awesome. 
Oh, jeez. Poor guy. He's running over there just expecting to see damn arm laying on the floor. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Some kid he's going to have to deal with, like insurance and all these problems. No, that's me. Give him a heart attack. It's me laughing in his face. <laughs> oh, jeez. So, yeah, so, Steve, if you're done, I am hopefully going to go flying this weekend. Yeah. I got my niece's birthday, or my niece's birthday. My niece is getting married on Friday, which should be a lot of fun. Uh, and then I don't know if I'm going to fly Saturday or Sunday, but something. That's crazy. She's getting married on her birthday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Oh, I got to okay. tell a little story about the planker from this weekend. If he's still listening to the show, he, uh, was trying pyro flips. <laughs> he was trying them in the, in the sim Friday night mm-hmm. and he was, right. he was flipping. He wasn't flipping backwards. He was flipping forwards and trying it. Like he was pulling back on the elevator. Uh, and we tried to correct him and we, we thought he had it sorta. Well, he was trying it this weekend and it was really like aggressive. Like he was kind of getting it, but not doing any negative. So he was flipping back over real quick. And then at one point, man, he wasn't even trying pyro flips. I don't know what he was doing, but dude, that helicopter got away from him really quick. Came right over by the vehicles like it was ready to attack another vehicle. And, uh, oh, no. <laughs> I tell you what, dude, I don't know whether it's his shooting because he has two daughters or if it's just his experience with RC in general, but he's got balls of steel because he pulled that freaking helicopter. I would have dumped it into the trees. Like he was heading right for the vehicles. He popped it up, got over the trees. And at that point is where I would have hit throttle hold. Cause I was like, I was even yelling throttle hold, dude. And, uh, he straightened, he got it straightened out and brought it back over. And then he continued to fly like nothing happened. And when he got done, he was like, <laughs> I can't just like let that. He goes, I put this helicopter together twice now already. I've rekitted it. I don't want to do it again. He's like, I was definitely, you know, going to try and all I could to get that better. He was like, and I really, I kind of had it, but it was, I was like, Oh man, but he did. He pulled it out and then was. Back to flying it and flew some more flights on it. Not letting nice. it, not letting it get to him, which is good, man. Good to see. Awesome. No cars were harmed in the making of that story. Nice. I, love, I love to see a good save like that. Yeah. No, James good. Bush, he saved a little, uh, one of those red BAE hot, uh, EDF jet. That thing went down. I bet it was within inches of the ground. And pulled it. I mean, it was back behind the, the covered, uh, patio with their flying field. It was back behind that. And he pulled that thing up and got control of it again. It was, it was probably the best save I've ever seen. It was just a miracle. Nice. But I, but I love when somebody awesome. saves something like that. It's just, mm-hmm. it's like you want to go, yeah. Yeah. I would have landed and took a breath, but he just kept flying. I was like, wow. All right. Uh, let's see. Listener pipeline. We do have a listener pipeline. Oh, boy. Free ball, free ball, boys. What's up? It's Chris Reibert. Um, keep doing what you're doing. Love the show. Mike D, I've got to tell you, man, I'm driving, listening to the Planker segment, the last one you did with everybody fondling themselves. <laughs> I am trying to stay on the road <laughs> from crying laughing out loud. <laughs> Guys, keep doing what you're doing. Makes my Friday commute driving around so worth it. 
Talk to you boys soon. Fly safe. See ya. Oh, man. All right. Awesome. That was awesome from Chris. Thanks, Chris. Yeah, thanks. Dude, and Chris is like, we did what, episode five, and Chris got a hold of us. I was like, hey, guys, <laughs> I like the show, and uh, let's get uh, a website together. Yeah. For you. And uh, yeah, he's been part of the show ever since. Thanks, Chris. Mm-hmm. Yep. Awesome. Thanks, Chris. All right. Is that it? Uh, Yeah, that's it. Yep. All right. Then uh, let's wrap it up. All right. Let's wrap it up. Oh, is that a short show or what, huh? Eh. A little short. Okay. All right. So Facebook likes. We are at 1,311 plus two this week. And, oh, this first name. We just mentioned it earlier today. It's Satinder. Oh, this last name. Hinza. Last name. Hinza. Hinza. And then we have Jeff Trulove. That's my neighbor. Nice. The dirt man. Hello, neighbor. Hello, dirt man. The dirt man. <laughs> awesome. Thanks for liking our Facebook page. You calling that to his face? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> we trade out dirt. <laughs> we- <laughs> oh, George, do you know Tub Green? <laughs> tub? <laughs> no. He probably you knows know a Tub, actually. <laughs> do you know a Tub? A guy you call I Tub? A, I knew a big Ernie Soul one time. Ernie Soul? <laughs> Big Ernie Soul. The first time uh, I heard Andy call somebody Tub, I lost it. <laughs> tub Green. That was his name. <laughs> is his name, I guess. I, I guess forgot was... his real name. Everybody called him Tub. <laughs> you didn't say Tub, though. You said Tub. Tub. You're like, everybody calls him Tub. <laughs> All right, what's next, Steve? <laughs> Facebook comments. What do we got for Facebook comments? Uh, Facebook comments. We have a few comments on episode 232, tuning it up with Paul Andrioli. Jamie Burkholder said, uh, you guys blew my mind on this episode, both with the amount of information on the fly barless setup and the awesome planker episode. Wow. Great job. <laughs> uh, Mike D said, Jamie, a clean audio of the planker is below. Mike D said, Ian Joel. Then Mike D posted, this is a clean audio copy. Of the Return of the Jetta. And then he, Mike D commented, free full internet and audio service supplied by Shaggy Parker. Um, which, <laughs> which if you don't, if you haven't been on the Friday Night Sim, you probably wouldn't get that joke. So sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody posted a video of a guy flying an enormous jet into a light pole. That's <laughs> Hill. <laughs> that reminded me of my Vigan every that time I saw is- it. Uh huh. Dude, that was something close, man. It was like right behind him, right into it. Yeah, I watched that, and all I could think of was the poor damn lineman that's going to have to come out and repair all that shit mm-hmm. on the pole. Sure. Yeah. If it had went a couple my- feet taller, it would have been freaking thousands of dollars worth of crap to fix. Yeah. It knocked half the power in China out as it was. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> I mean, he-, he nailed the pole. Oh, yeah. Couldn't hit it that perfect if you tried. Horrible sound. What do we have here for Facebook listener posts? I don't know. Ian Joe posted from a galaxy far, far away to a theater near you. Well, when they open, hopefully sometime this decade, um, was a poster of Car Wars. 
with the free Farsi folks on here. Dude, that is amazing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and yes, she was. That's awesome. Didn't they edit it and put that into a video where once once you click on the picture, it starts playing the Planker segment? Yeah. yeah so Mike yeah. did that. Yep. Yep. So the next one, uh, well, is there any comments on that? There's three comments. Should we read those? Sure. Yeah. Kevin Teschner said, dude, that is amazing. <laughs> Ian Joe said, Kevin Teschner, thanks, man. <laughs> I'm glad you guys enjoyed it. Uh, Chance Levon was, this is amazing, LMAO. Love the Miata in the pig too, LOL. <laughs> yes. It's a nice little touch there. Uh, and then, yep, that was it for that. And then Mike took that and he added the audio clip from the Car Wars Return of the Jetta video. Uh, and he posted that. So that's nice. on there. Go check that out. Uh, Ian Joe, July 3rd, added a new photo to our Facebook timeline. Death Star Puppet Show, Friday, July 3rd at <laughs> Mess Hall on deck 232, 10 o'clock. Canceled. So I'm sorry for all the folks that are on the Death Star that can, um, see the puppet show. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> All right. And then Cam Taylor looked like he posted a video. I don't know what that video is. It looks like some TikTok thing. It says, got some sick time this in this weekend. Hot, laughing, crying face. I'm scared to press play on this thing. It says search and rescue. It looks like it's from a ah. Oh, yeah, yeah. The ocean or something or a river, maybe. Yeah, there's some search and rescue. This guy. It's on TikTok. <laughs> uh, okay, yeah, watch that video. I, I don't want to ruin it. Oh, uh, yeah. I've seen a few of those. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, I thought it kind of looked funny, but yeah, okay. Also, <laughs> what do we have next? Website comments. Website comments? Do we have anything? Website comments? Steve has to read it. Yeah, we got one from Great Eagle oh. Jr. Alright. I think Gray Eagle's last job was, uh, and probably why he hasn't worked in a long time, was designing that 3D art and that you had to cross your eyes to see. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Back in the that. 90s? Yeah. yeah, you had to kind of blur your eyes yeah. and then like a magic that ship, makes you know? perfect sense. It makes hey, perfect Steve, sense. You should, cross your, you should cross your eyes when you read his comments to see if they make sense. I just see two phones. And two fourths, fourth, 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 oh, oh, yeah, I can't do that. All right, here we go. <laughs> we have a new email from Gray Eagle Jr. Uh, subject is fourth, fourth, oh, four F Julius Caesar Salad America face cover safety. I, I don't even know what that is. <laughs> yeah, good luck. Um, Jin. No, is that a nine or is that a G? I don't know what it is. Nine in the team? No, Jin the team of said squads, even. Three trusted, one. He trusted two, one, two. Into. Into, yes. Grey Eagle. Uh. <laughs> Grey Eagle encourage comics. <laughs> I'm just gonna. Illustrations for. Podcast Visual Satanist Encouraged 
picture of my home and pets. And, and what is this? It looks like some type of... I don't even know how to describe this first picture. Looks like a Mars picture of a alien planet, uh, some sort of planet structure, from yeah. something, right? Yeah, and then the second away, one's a very interesting one. Yes, the second one's very interesting. It's some cat licking some doll's butt. Yep. Um, and the doll looks like she's all like bounded up, all weird. Okay, and then there's a shark. I don't know, seagull? Sea shark yeah. seagull? I don't know. That's a tiger shark seagull. Yeah. Uh, and then there's another picture saying, is a surprise adhesive force. This was a great adhesive. Best-selling Europe and America. Mad fans around the world. Bulayan. Bulayan. I don't know what that is. What is this? What are you looking at? I don't know what I'm looking at. Maybe it's some adhesive on his planet. <laughs> Yeah, it sounds a little disturbing, but okay. All right. <laughs> Do we have anything else? Not that I saw. All right. Yeah. People of Podbean, then. People of Podbean, then. We had some activity on Podbean. Pete Delacruz, we haven't heard from him in a while. He liked episode 230, Safety Dance. Gray Eagle and S. Layerson and Glenn Flyer, they all liked episode 232. Tuning it up with Paul Andrioli and Gray Eagle also liked 231, Bag of Tools. And Woody 182 and Bakerman and Farry all started following us. Awesome. Well, thanks, guys. Thanks, everyone. Okay, we have two comments on our poppy. First one, four days ago, Gray Eagle Jr. Ear appointment? Yep. Visitation, visualization, autocorrect, feels, goods. Tippy, tip, tack, toe, Florida. Windows down, masking tape to the face for safety into window shopping tuber. You, weeds? Touch pleasure. If only one better province inside by trying repeatedly understands. This is tuning. How said now works. Okay. The end. All right. Thanks. Um, okay. Uh, S. Larson <laughs> said three days ago, I have to tell you guys that this, that, that this was exactly what I needed. Thanks again for such an innovative, uh, information, information, I can't not talk podcast. I am at a point, informative, yes, thank you, <laughs> that I will definitely benefit from this. Like Kevin said, I can go to the field and come back with the models in one piece now. Note, I'm starting to learn. About how the setup influences the model. Uh, thanks again, and thanks, Paul, Sam. Awesome, thanks, Sam. Thanks, nice. Jess. Thanks, Sam. Sam. Thanks, Why great. Why can I not say informative? Gosh, informative. All right. You guys do a very literate, literate, literally, literally literate podcast. <laughs> you speak clearly with. <laughs> All right. Oh, boy. <laughs> Let's move it on. iTunes review. I didn't see anything on iTunes, but I don't know if we read this one. I was looking through them. I don't, I don't remember reading this one from Cheesehead Planker. Did we read this one? I'm going to read it anyways. I think so, but yeah, read it Good. anyways. It's titled Planker Review. It's kind of short, and it says, Hey, now, long-time listener, first-time reviewer, y'all are great. 
so far the most consistent RC flying podcast. I don't mind any of the planker bashing or 3D printing talk. I use 3D printing for lots of things in the hobby, so don't stop. Great format, too. Love the bloopers. Five stars. Yes. I don't remember reading that. Awesome review. Thank you. Yeah, thanks. All right. So if you want us to read your review on the next episode, drop us an iTunes review. Email us at free4rc at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash free4rcpodcast. Check out our webpage, free4rcpodcast.show. Say hi to Red. Hey, Chris. Flight Test Forums, Off the Field, Audio and Video Production, Other Than Flight Test Podcast, Free 4 c Podcast. Say hi to David Hill, a.k.a. Hill the Flyer. Hey, Dave. Hey, right. David Hill. Let's give a shout-out to our fellow podcasters. We have the Heliheads Podcast. All right. I want somebody else to do it. I'm, I'm throwing a monkey wrench in there. George? <laughs> no, thank you. Who are we on? Do you want to do it, Andy? Helly Heads Podcast. Mike Sobey, Kevin McGrady, Daniel Turiak, and Scott Graham. All right. Telerotor Podcast. Mike, Mike, Rich, and Shaggy. Oh, no. And Robert. (laughs) Robert. (laughs) I got mixed up. <laughs> See, it's not that oh. easy, is it? Did you no. did you hear that, Monty? He called you Mike. <laughs> Actually, his middle name is Mike, so it still counts. I guess so. Yeah. How many mics we got on board, anyways? All the All mics. The mics. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> All right, BKRC podcast. That is Kyle and Bert. All right, RC roundtable. That is Fitz, Terry, and Lee. Yep, and Terry emailed me today. Oh, nice. back to yeah. I knew it. I'm surrounded by mics. <laughs> <laughs> RC After Hours. That's with our buddy Andre. Uh, high Voltage. Bobby Watts. Skids Up. Okay, that is Frank, Paul, Javier. And oh, Never wow. Scott. And Never yeah, Scott. Yeah, and Scott's not on the show anymore. He's too busy. Uh, inverted Down Under. With Ozzy Mozzie and Jeff Smott. With Matt Ruddick. Park Flyer Podcast. <laughs> uh, with a whole gaggle of mics. Yeah. Houdini RC Heli Podcast. Richard, Kenny, and Brent. What? And really? They, they multiplied? What? Yeah. Or were what? they always? I thought it was one guy. Well, now well, there's three guys. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Like a magic trick. Yeah, like Houdini. Well, I mean, this show was was three guys, and then two guys, and then three guys, and then four guys, and then three guys, and then now four guys. Yeah, true. So what are you trying to say? There's going to be two guys again. (laughs) (laughs) All right. (laughs) Speaking of a show that only needs one guy. (laughs) Make sure you check out Belan's YouTube channel. Check them out. Yeah, I gotta give Bill a call back. I missed one. I missed a call from him, and I was like, "Yeah, I should call Bill back." And then I forgot. <laughs> so sorry, Bill. I'll call you back. All right. Oh, man. Thanks to our listeners. <laughs> hey, wait a minute. Before we go, we should say, uh, join us Friday. Oh yes. To do some simming. Yeah. Yep. Eight p.m. Yeah. Eastern Standard Time in Discord. We'll post the uh-huh. link on Facebook, and we'll be in AccuRC. Yep. And I might yeah. try to get my stuff working by the end. You nice. need to get it working. 
George. Yeah. I'm telling you, every week, people are like, where's George? Mm-hmm. Oh, you realize we just gave Mike D some really good sound clips right there. That's good. That's me, Andy. I just disguise my voice each week. I'm trying yeah. to make George <laughs> feel wanted. Wanted even more. He's wanted, I know. But. I'm telling you, they don't really care about us. They want to know where George is yep. every week. Yeah. People want to talk to you for some reason. I can't understand. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, with, with age comes wisdom. Is that what it is? Oh, boy. You oh. must be a genius. Serenity now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to shut up. I'm being I'm full on dick mode tonight. <laughs> Oh, All right, on that note. <laughs> yeah. Thanks to our listeners. Free our skies, and we'll see you next time. See ya. Bye. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, guys. So long. Full on dick mode. Full on dick mode. Full on dick mode. Is that like you're riding one or what? <laughs> yeah. Oh. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Yeah, you sound great right now. Okay. Good deal. And I don't hear like the... Not picking up all the background noise either. Right, where you hear it kind of key in, key out. Yep. Bye, George. I think we fixed it. Well, let's let's start the show then. No pun intended. (laughs) Start the show. (laughs) Full on dick mode. Is that like you're riding one? I mean, what? Yeah. Being one. Oh, being one. Oh, okay. (laughs) <laughs> I, 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 I don't, I don't, I, you know me I don't judge you hey. <laughs> oh shit <Yeah>. you're <laughs> <terrible>. sure <laughs> oh boy